and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined by my co-host Nikki because she can't go anywhere else. Hello. How are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, although that sentence is not strictly true anymore. You're going to go Why be a you... bat watchman. Oh, yes, I'm off to do some work. <laughs> Into the wilderness to watch some bats, that's the thing I'm doing. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, getting back to some kind of normality, except yeah, watching we, bats isn't that normal, but I like We can it. also do a little bit more in our life. We met up and we had a little session in a park two metres away. Yeah, we did adhere to social distancing rules. It was lovely. Yeah. It was warm. It was. Two metres away is an absolutely fine distance to have a conversation. My knees got sunburnt. Did they actually? Yeah. Man, it was It warm. was a warm day. But yeah, it was lovely. Things are happening. Um... But still, I believe everyone should still be staying inside, apart from the occasional social distance walk. But yep. it's all good, hopefully. Yeah, we're getting there. Just don't be a dick and go down the beach, because those photos are oh, horrendous. God, yeah, don't do that. There's yeah. other places to go and see. You don't need to go to a beach. Right. Well, I'll stop so complaining anyway. now. Um, we, before we get into our episode today, uh, do we have any Nikki's news? We certainly do play the drop. So we have a couple of bits of news for you today. The first bit of news isn't really news, but it is more us, once again, asking for your support. <laughs> there is uh, such a thing as the British Podcast Awards, and you can vote for your favourite British podcast. We're British, we're a podcast, so we'd love it if you vote for us. We probably would never win, but we would just like some love. Yeah, if we got like at least one vote on there that isn't us... Uh... I think you'd make our week, year <laughs> yeah, even. Exactly. I mean, 2020 is not, you've not got much to compete to at the moment. So you can do it. You can make our year. Make I'll even our do your 2020 poster. good again. Yeah. We'll make you a special poster if you do. Yeah. So if you do that, uh, all you have to do is follow the the link, BritishPodcastAwards.com. You got to the 5th of July. Vote for us. Don't vote for Got Till 5 or any other podcast. Just vote for us. Yeah. That'd be nice. We also have some other news, which is that we have a promo now. This promo is, um, I think it's quite good. We're quite serious though, and we're quite, you know, professional, which is not like us, but we like it, and we've shared it around a little bit, so you might hear our voices um, in the ether somewhere. But we also have been taking on promos, doing a little bit of a promo swap. So we have a promo for you now, and that promo is from the Controller Disconnected podcast, uh, sent in by Matt. I don't know why I said sent in. <laughs> I like that you Blue sound Peter. like a 90s yeah like a proper 90s uh tv presenter <clears throat> like we've had this lovely drawing <laughs> sent in to us it's happy birthday time yeah it's like a CCC so, morning no we just did a little swap uh, and Matt sent us his for his podcast which is connected which is going to play for your lovely ears now hello I'm Matthias Carnero host of the controller disconnected podcast it's a little show I make by myself where I talk about whatever games I've been playing recently and other subjects related to games as well. Sometimes I even do movie reviews just to shake things up. If you enjoy listening to my weird accent, episodes are released every week wherever podcasts are sold. Well, actually, podcasts are free, but you know what I mean. 
Awesome. Yeah. So definitely check out his podcast. Yeah. That is a great promo. I'm a little bit <laughs> Are you disappointed. Are getting promo jealousy now? I am. That was amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I should release almost like a, what do you call it? Like a bad version of ours, like the blooper reel of ours, because ours was absolutely awful when it we took were trying us to do it. So long, we just couldn't do it. Yeah, we just couldn't be serious or professional. Apparently, no, and we don't have nice accents like Matt. No, we don't. The dirty southerners. <laughs> I don't know why you're all listening. To be honest, please leave but... now. <laughs> um, may as well go. But <laughs> that, that that ends Nikki's news. Oh, if you've got a promo that you want to do a little promo swap, doesn't have to be a video game promo we're gonna have some of these coming in the next few weeks you can send us yours and we'll send you ours back you don't have to play ours just just do whatever do whatever you want yeah make ours better yeah give us more accent (laughs) yeah so that ends nikki's news amazing okay so that means we can start our episode um our episode of this week is all about our top five simulation games uh, or so simulator. As, or yes. simulator games, as I learn, some of the games that you might <laughs> think should be in this list aren't and are actually strategy games and you have to rewrite most of your list. But you did yeah, a good job. It sounded, it sounded like you had a breakdown earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I to be fair, when I was going to get ideas, I did have a flick through by sort of like looking at normal simulator games. And I think that kind of led me on the trajectory. But to be fair, I did have a strategy game that did appear in the life, but then I sacked that off. But I didn't I didn't write it. I didn't make this mistake you made. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's a good call. Um, however, I think this is gonna have quite a few crossovers in it this week. Probably. Yeah. So what happens with crossovers, dear Nikki? Uh, a lovely man named Beadle comes out of the cupboard and yells this noise. Oh uh, and that signals our crossover which I do think that we might have. And I think mine that I'm going to steal from you is going to be quite low down and you might have another breakdown. (sighs) (laughs) I don't think you're going to have any of mine either. So, All right. Unless unless you have it at like number four. Yeah, we'll see. Who is going... Also, don't be swapping around. No, I've said that. I That's think it's it me now. First. I'm just going to flip my list just to throw you <laughs> off. going to turn it around completely. Yeah. I think it's my turn to go first. It is your turn, but before you do, let's hear from our wonderful Mr. Gil- oh, yeah. Gilbert. Oops. That's not... That is not... That's the old <laughs> intro. Ever the professional. I don't That's even know. That's why you're all here, I That's... think. <laughs> the everlasting professionalism of this podcast is what's keeping you there. Do I, did I still even... with that award. Yeah, for, for us. Please. <laughs> so we've got. I think I got the right one this time. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three headed monkey. played the right one wonderful you did well done i'm proud of you thanks right so you are having number five i am my number five is a niche one and one from my childhood and that is the game called creatures 2 oh nice so have you ever played creatures i have it is in it or it was in my honorable mentions oh lovely okay well it made it to my number five 
and specifically Creatures 2, which was the second game in the Creatures Artificial Life game series made by Creature Labs and was a sequel to the 1996 game Creatures, which I didn't really play. I realised I only really played the second one, which apparently didn't do so yeah. well, but oh. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, bittersweet. But it was originally created in the mid-1990s by English computer scientist Steve Grant while working for the Cambridge video games developer Millennium Interactive. I actually meant to Google Steve Grant before this um, because it seems like he's gone on to do some like incredible things, but I forgot. So I've got a little fact about him later on and then, but it seems to be a very intelligent man who created a very, very strange, but very intelligent game. Hmm. So I'll talk about it a little bit, so I'll give a backstory, and it's an intense backstory. But it's basically, it's an artificial life simulation where you basically hatch a small furry animal and you teach them how to behave. It was the first one, it was the first commercial title to basically have like this coding for life organisms from the genetic level upwards using sophisticated biochemistry and like brain networks. Because, you know, in the world of like ecology and science and, and animal stuff, you do get these programs where you can predict stuff. And they're obviously very scientific, very boring and, and pretty shit. Whereas, you know, actually turning it into a game where you can kind of bring up these creatures was just incredibly new for that period of time. So you basically hatch norns and you just sort of like teach them almost to evolve, kind of like you teach them to talk, to feed themselves, how to protect themselves against vicious creatures. And and yeah, it was sort of seen as this breakthrough in afterlife research and and it was just too much for my little brain to be honest with you as it should have been on that yeah. description that's a lot to, a lot of responsibility for one to take on as like a seven-year-old i know um which leads me to the fact that actually i downloaded it today Nice. I actually paid for it on GOG.com. I recommend GOG. We're not sponsored, but I definitely recommend going there for your old PC game needs. Oh, I'm obsessed with just finding my old games on yeah. GOG. But I actually have looked at this game on GOG and gone, I need to buy this. And I have just not yet put it in my basket and bought it. Well, I'd recommend it because I understand more than I ever did when I was <laughs> That's like That's true, actually. So... I don't think I... So sort of to give a little bit of a, of a thing, you know, they hatch out of the... the the egg and then they're sort of just in front of you babbling gibberish walking around and to be honest most of the time mine would just kill themselves and then i would just hatch a new one and nothing would ever really happen yeah i think same you know like i never i don't think i ever properly owned this game but i played it at my friends a lot because i was just really obsessed with it and those kind of games i think we did exactly the same thing i think we hatched yeah. an egg we walked to the edge of the map where we immediately died and then hatched another one yeah literally that was it uh only now am i understanding the game <laughs> it was great like I, I had a great hour it was a frustrating hour because i was using like my laptop which just has the touchpad and the clickers whereas like you kind of need to have like the holding down right click button and and stuff so it was kind of breaking yeah. through that 90s divide from having this really old like windows 95 game on my windows 10 laptop uh, once I got past that point, I was like, wow, okay, like, I understand this. I did have to use a tutorial, which I realised, because it's in the game. I realised I never did that. Never did that as a child, because I guess I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to press buttons and learn this myself. Yeah. Which was a terrible mistake, because now <laughs> I get it. After reading and sitting down and understanding the science of this, I, I was, I'm teaching my norns how to talk. They're, you know, I'm teaching them how to live. I think my, my first one, I've got, I've, got, I've got one, his name is, well, sorry, her name is Bub. Uh, she's learning a lot. 
she's good. She knows that I'm her mum, which is nice. And I've also just hatched one called Bilbo. And Bilbo and Bub are now going to um, do some Girl. stuff. Basically, I don't know if you remember this, but they can have sex. Yes, I think I do remember that. I think I remember trying to get like my norns to make more eggs. Yeah. So they basically do this by having like a long kissing sequence and a long kissing sound with a pop at the end known as a kiss pop. <laughs> uh, but not all not all the time it does you know result in in a pregnancy but but that's the thing that you can do. Sometimes kiss pops are just for fun. <laughs> exactly. So that's I'm going to start I'm going to call it that from now on. <laughs> Hey, you kiss popping anyone lately? <laughs> <laughs> also, I found out that the norns only live like eight hours. Oh, yeah. So, I think I'm. I don't think game time continues when you're not playing. It's Always obviously good, like yeah. eight eight hours of play because it says that the norns reach adolescence at around one hour, and after that they're ready to to breed. Uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to kiss pop. Mm-hmm. Ready to kiss pop their Ready way around Albion. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the thing. But yeah, it's just really interesting. It's really cool. You can teach them how to speak using the computer. You can talk directly to them. I got them to start calling me stuff. I should really get them to call me something more interesting because the the manual was like, do this and it will call you mummy or daddy. And I was like, okay. Um, but now I realise I should have made it call me something more exciting. But yeah, like I think for me as well, growing up in the era of Furbies and other electronical robots in the nineties, mm-hmm. which I was obsessed with, like Tamagotchis. I, for some reason, I always loved little creatures that were either robotic or virtual or whatever. Um, it it was I was just obsessed. I loved yeah. it. So for me, it was like it was perfect to be able to raise these little norns, even if I didn't always look after them that well. R.I.P. all those norns that didn't know how to survive because I didn't teach them. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, like, it, they definitely came out around that same time that we had, like, all the cats and dogs games, if you remember those. And uh, there was, like, 3D pets. And, like you said, Tamagotchis. Like, pets, having a pet was, like, everything to a 90s child. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, <laughs> it was it. And for those of us who weren't allowed, like, a dog or anything more than, like, some guinea pigs... These kind of things were amazing. Uh, yeah. It yeah, really, it, it makes me think back on this little, because I, I had Furbies and everything, and, and I don't know if you could actually speak te- teach them how to talk in the end, but I also got this other robot, and it was like a silver thing. It was meant to be a robot. It looked like a robot. And I must have been about like 11 or something. And I remember it reminded me a bit of Creatures because you had to teach it how to talk. You had to speak back to it, and apparently it was it, it could learn your language if you speak to them. And I never fucking did. It never spoke a word of English. I tried so hard. And it just sat in my attic for like 10 years until like one time it just randomly came on, which is slightly worrying. But um, I did always find that, though. It's, like, it's like a Creatures thing and those things. As you try really hard to teach it English, it doesn't fucking happen. No, Sorry I think you're mind. right. Like, Furbies definitely were supposed to, in, like, yeah. air quotes, learn how to speak your language. And I never think I taught it anything. It just continued to talk to me in Furby forever. I know. But fortunately, now attempting creatures at my age, I've actually been able to teach them stuff. And I'm now wondering if I can teach them profanities, because I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't the first thing you tried to do. But I'm glad yeah. that your innocence from your childhood kind of took over <laughs> and made you play it properly. It. Yeah. Rather than just instantly making them say, fuck off, twat. I yeah, didn't want to tarnish their memories. But there was a lot of later Creatures games. I think they were more directed at kids. I never really saw them. I think Creatures 2 was it for me. I didn't mm-hmm. play Creatures 3, didn't play all the other ones. 
Uh, what about you? Was it just Creatures? What one do you think you played? I think it must have been Creatures 2. Like, I'm trying to look at the packaging uh, mm. right now. So I've got some facts for you. Nice. So as I mentioned about the genius Steve Grand, uh, apparently he he left quite like a little bit later on. He went on to to form Cyberlife Research, which yes oh, wow. is the name of the, yeah. the company in Detroit Become Human. And he focused on the production of new A life technologies, including work on a robotic life form he called Lucy, as well as writing books about his research. This was the point I realised I should have looked more into this because it actually sounds really interesting. Um, the remainder of the company after he left was uh, renamed Creature Labs and focused on video game development. So I think he potentially left maybe once the first one was kind of developed and didn't really have much more to do with it. But he seems like quite a smart guy. So obviously, like, the, the game in itself is very intelligent. Um, and because of that, um, fans of Creatures were the Oxford zoologist Richard Dawkins, who I am a fan of, who called it back then a quantum leap in the development of artificial life. And author Douglas Adams as well. Hmm. Um enjoyed it and yeah i think the nice thing as well is it did apparently inspired a lot of people to take up careers in the sciences which is cool that's very cool maybe this is i mean i did so maybe yeah. you <laughs> owned it therefore well. i just think i had obsession with animals no, in, no matter what form but because i loved like pets and cats and dogs and all that shit yeah but uh, a funny fact, apparently upon release, the game suffered from numerous flaws, such as a deficient norm genome that led to a condition dubbed one-hour stupidity syndrome, which caused norms to forget basic survival skills, such as eating and sleeping, and they just died. Oh, that's such a depressing bug. <laughs> it made me laugh. And one that you probably would, would kind of guess is that the cre- this creature series is heavily influenced by references to Norse mythology, such as Norns, which I think is based off the word Nornir, which are female beings that rule the destiny of gods and men. And that you get the Grendels as well, the weird the weird Grendel creatures. Uh, they were the uh, things that killed you, right? The little green men. Yeah. So yeah. that's apparently uh, something to do with Beowulf. And I was going to say Beowulf, the Grendel yeah. was Beowulf story or poem. I can't remember. Yeah. So there's there's all these other sort of like links to it. And I think you kind of see that when you walk around the world and you, you see all that kind of stuff. You can kind of see that North mythology uh influence there but yeah i just there was just something about creatures where i didn't want to not include it because i think growing up it was my first sort of real introduction into simulation games and it sort of sparked my love of like creature simulation games more literally of of being able to kind of have this thing and and let it grow and and evolve badly but i've learned my lesson and bub and bilbo are gonna have great lives (laughs) yeah you can finally redeem yourself in the uh, creature world yeah until about eight hours until they die. And then they'll die. <laughs> then well, I'll hopefully, make some more. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully you have some babies. <laughs> yeah, they'll have a lineage. Um, I will breed them to be a great race of norms. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's my number five. I like it. Um, my number five, uh, if we're good to move on, is something also probably not the most uh, serious of games even though it is i've gone with a uh, trauma center new blood okay which i don't know if you know this game it is a surgical simulation game there's like almost a there's a narrative happening the whole time basically it feels like you're playing an episode of er or grace anatomy which is right up my street because i love those two shows and anything to do with uh medical dramas for some reason um it's on the wii as well it was released on the wii I think it's also on the DS, but it was mostly on the Wii. That's the only one I ever played. So we bought this together. We did? 
we bought this when we were going to... This was back in, like, 2003 or... No, 2003. 2013. Sorry, 10, year, 10 years later. Um, when we were, like, going to be streaming and stuff. Like, back in when we were in our younger days. And we were like, let's buy some funny, entertaining games on for the Wii. And we bought Shattered Memories. And we got this one as well. How amazing. We thought it would be funny to, to watch. It wasn't. It was very serious. But we definitely did. <laughs> So I had it, and I didn't remember why I had it. There you go. This must have been it. Um, This must have been it. I was going to play with you, because it is co-op, which is cool. That was one of my, like, only kind of half facts that I knew about this game, was that you can play it co-op. And it's. I played a bit more of it, I think, like, I think we bought it, and then I don't think we ever played it, so I think I ended up playing it. And you really need another person. It's quite difficult. So basically, the game is, it's kind of like a, a... visual story thing that's happening you're mostly just having characters pop up and do some dialogue uh and telling you stuff about them and their lives and then like a case will come in because you're in a hospital and then you have to do the surgery and the surgery is like the game thing and you've got to pass that um and then but you've kind of got to do everything with a wemo and some nunchucks so doing really like intricate little things is just really difficult because the wemo is just not useful but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really know how to explain the rest of this game. Is you're just like, you've got to do suturing, but you have to like shake the Wiimote to like do up some stuff, and you're mostly like pointing at the screen and like clicking to do things and like picking up various tools, um, and then using them to do things. You've got to do quite like graphic things. So if you have any sort of like squeamishness to uh, organs or like fake organs, this is probably not the game for you. Because uh, yeah, you've got to like, intense. yeah, you've got to like pull things out of people. Sometimes I'm pretty sure the first thing you have to do, because the first part of the game is set in Alaska for some reason, is like suture someone up from a bear attack. Um, so you got to like stitch them up. It's gross, but the the there's voice acting in it, which is pretty good. Um, and there's a lot of variation in the types of um like surgeries that you get to do. It's not all just like cut and paste like each one. But it is a very mm. difficult game. Like, I don't think on, like, any kind of normal... I don't think I ever got very far in this game because I found it quite difficult. Um, but it was just one of the things I remember really enjoying. And I think mostly just because it felt like I was in ER. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever played it much. I think we got it and then we played it for five minutes and it just sort of didn't really work out. But it looks really interesting. I guess this was kind of a little bit of a precursor to, like, Surgeon Simulator and stuff, which were obviously, like, VR games and potentially... Well, I think they weren't all VR, but where that kind of was really starting to take off. Yeah, definitely. I have a feeling, like, because the story about Surgeon Simulator is that they were trying to make a serious game, but Mm. they kind of stumbled on the fact that when people were kind of doing it, um, it was kind of funnier, and they kind of lent into more trying to get people to do stuff faster, so they would, like, do more stupid stuff and be really, like, ham-fisted with everything. So they probably were trying to make something more trauma-centering and then just found out that it was actually funnier if Everybody just screwed up all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think for me though, I don't, I don't think I can play those because I'm quite squeamish when it comes to to watching stuff. Like if I ever watch any of those programs that show like the surgery and plastic surgery, I'm, I'm just out. I can't. Yeah, can't you can't go. watch them. So I'm the opposite. I can really watch all of that stuff. Um, I feel like I'd be okay being like a surgeon or a doctor if I was in any way smart enough to do it. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because I'm kind of okay with all that kind of thing. But I like I think this is why I find it quite fascinating. It was just a different kind of simulation game uh, for me, rather than, I don't know, what you yeah. naturally think of. Um, 
I couldn't really find any facts about this game. It was quite difficult. The only fact, and it's not, it's a boring fact, I'm sorry, but it was basically that in Europe, we didn't get any games from the Trauma Center series past this one. So apparently there are like two more, maybe three more games in oh. in the series um, that I think came out on like the 3DS and then more on the Wii in like Japan and uh, like North America. But us in Europe, they were like, no, this is all you get. So why? I have no idea. It didn't explain anymore. That was all I got. <laughs> okay. I didn't look into it. I'm we sorry. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't go. I really need to get to the bottom of this mystery. That's okay. Yeah. We'll. Uh, we have other simulated surgery games now. Potentially, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, yeah, we've got yeah. loads of different, like, kind of different on the genre. So I think you know, if you want to check those out, and you have a Wii. Yeah. Do it. Cool. But yeah, that's my number five. Nice. No crossovers so far? No. I don't think this one will be a crossover. This one is a bit of a weird one, which I don't have much to say about, unfortunately, because it's just sort of what it is, which is uh, Zoo Tycoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the first one, not the most recent one, which yeah. I did get addicted to not long ago, but I have my reasons. So the first one, was the first in the series of of zoo tycoons where you're given the task of managing a zoo obviously uh keeping the guests and animals happy uh the first one this one was released in 2001 and there was expansion packs released later like the dinosaur digs i can't remember i don't think i had that i don't think i had i think i had marine mania i had that one questionable now very questionable that one that dlc (laughs) marine mania we won't talk about that. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, orca whales and stuff. And, and oh, dolphin I shows. see. Basically, yeah, making, uh, making SeaWorld. Yes. Yeah. But it was women. 2002, so... <laughs> and everyone still loved SeaWorld. The yeah, when we, when we... Had not people didn't, come out. Didn't quite, um, didn't quite know or understand this situation. But anyway, which I'm against, by the way. I do not condone, obviously. The, so yeah, the goal is basically to make this this badass zoo by building exhibits to accommodate the animals and keeping the guests and everyone happy and and just have that general business tycoon kind of goal of just making money, which is awful, uh, keeping the animals happy and keeping the people happy. Uh, you, what I loved most about this game and the reason I love this game, because you may be looking at me right now and being like, Nikki, but you love animals, but you're putting them in a zoo virtually. I mean, virtually I is say... the key word there. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. <laughs> And I would say, I mean, you see, you've seen my fifth pick. I picked creatures. Clearly, I loved virtual animals, but I loved the enclosure building. I loved making the enclosures and like, and decorating them and making them like massive so the animals could be happy. And 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 obviously, like, I went on to have a career that involved animals. I've worked in like as a volunteer in zoos and things like that. Um, I don't necessarily condone zoos in itself and a lot of their welfare i think that it's important for education but generally i always think that well if people if the animals are going to be in the situation give them the best possible enclosure and life and that's what i was doing i was making my enclosures that's why i loved it i just really enjoyed it i feel like i would have become obsessed with this game had i had it when i was young um in, in fact i've never played it there's um there's a really brand new one that's come out by the same guys who made planet coaster called planet zoo that I yes. really want to buy because I feel like that's going to be my step into it. But this was something that I always remember seeing as a kid and thinking this looks really cool. Well, that leads into my one of facts actually, because um, 
although Zoo Tycoon is generally kind of finished at this point, um, Frontier Developments, who developed the last Zoo Tycoon in 2013, which is also the one that was on Xbox Game Pass now because it's been like re-released, uh, they, they're the ones that created the spiritual successor to the series, which was Planet Zoo in 2019. So the people behind Zoo Tycoon have effectively made Planet Zoo. Oh, and Planet cool. Zoo looks looks pretty cool. I, I like the look of Planet Zoo. I haven't got it yet because I just know what I'm like. I got yeah. hooked when I got Game Pass and played the newish, the latest Zoo Tycoon. I didn't put that on my list because I just felt like I played it a lot and I got quite addicted. But I think I have to go back to my heyday and, and pick the one that I really sunk all the hours to. Because it was simple. It was sometimes i struggle with newer simulation games where there's so much choice of like so in the newer zoo tycoon you can get in a buggy and you can drive around the zoo and you can be in 3d mode and you can look at the animals from the ground and in some ways it's just too much it's just yeah. too much for me to handle well there's even more because um i uh i have a connect for my xbox and uh you can use that with the the newest zoo yes. tycoon and we had a demo of it before it was on like uh, Game Pass or anything like that that we played and you can interact with all the animals so like all the monkeys you can play around with and you can feed the animals yeah. with like your weird virtual hands it was kind of amazing doing it that way but I can see what yeah. you mean it's just a bit overwhelming it is I think that's why I struggled with it and I think I quite liked the real basic kind of 90s top down view almost like old school theme park zoo tycoon just because it was just simple um but, you know, I, I might pick up the, the newest one again. Preferably, actually, I'd just like to get Planet Zoo. That one looks... I think that one looks yeah. a bit better. I think that one's also closer to what we know park builders to be like, if you know what I mean. Probably, yeah. I, I do think that the latest Zoo Tycoon was a little bit meh. Yeah. And from what so I know nicely. about um Planet uh Planet Coaster that I also really want to buy from them, mm-hmm. Frontier, is that the customization options are just ridiculous. So I feel yeah. like your enclosures that you could build are just going to be, like, amazing. Did I ever send you that YouTube video of that guy who was playing Planet Zoo who made, like, the craziest, worst zoos in the world? No. Oh, man, it was hilarious. I'm going to have to post this, I think, because I haven't really seen much of it, but he was just seeing what he could get away with, and he put, like, 700 giraffes in this one enclosure, and they became, like, just a, a, a blobular mess <laughs> this one enclosure. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Anyway, that's... um. That's a story for a different time. <laughs> yeah, just just link me that video afterwards. I'm excited. Um, blobs. But yeah, there's obviously lots that you can do. Um, don't put loads of giraffes into an enclosure. But yeah, the old one was just was just simple. It was nice. I actually played this. You say you didn't play it when you were younger. I actually played this for the first time at 22 years old. So that was almost 10 oh, years okay. yeah. since it released. I just got given it by someone. I just picked it up and I could, my laptop was crap enough that I was able to play it. Um, so I got addicted later on in life and it obviously showed that it was still quite good and, and was good for getting addicted to. So yeah, I've got yeah. some facts because I don't really have much more to say about it. Nice. Which is that if you place a lion, a Bengal tiger and a grizzly bear into an exhibit, you will get a yellow brick path to use. The item description says yellow brick paths indicate to guests where they should walk, especially scarecrows, lions, and tin men, which is obviously a reference to the Wizard of Oz, which oh, I thought nice. was cute. Yeah. Also, another little weird Easter egg is that if you place a mermaid statue into an aquatic enclosure, it will cause a statue to break, revealing an actual mermaid that was trapped inside, which is weird. Amazing. Uh, and then she counts as an aquatic animal, so. <laughs> Could just have a mermaid. Yeah. 
Uh, one, of, one of the funniest facts that I found was that, I didn't know this, but if a herbivorous animal is placed into an emperor penguin's exhibit, the penguins will attack and eat the animal. <laughs> what? After this occurs, the penguins will then attack and eat any animal that is placed in their enclosure. So you just create... Uh, killer penguins. Killer penguins. <laughs> yeah. If only... There were lots of references, I think, afterwards, after this happened. I mean, I, I hope nobody tests this with actual penguins. No, I think it, yeah, sound terrifying. I know. I think in later in later Zoo Tycoons they would like reference killer penguins and stuff as like a joke because it was obviously just meant to be a glitch. I don't think that was meant to happen. I don't think they planned <laughs> killer penguins. They didn't all just have like glowing red eyes after they no. ate the first animal. It was a it was a happy accident, but yeah, Zoo Tycoon loved it. Amazing. Yeah, it's a good pick. Mm, what's your number? F- my my number four is again I don't think this one's going to be a crossover because I don't think you have played it but it is uh, Tropico 5 mm. which Do is not. a construction management simulation or a government simulation which sounds like it would be boring as fuck when I put it that way but um, it's, it's a fun game um, it was released in 2014 I think on PC and I think now you can get it on the Playstation 4 and Xbox One yes, I think maybe can, yeah. there's also a sixth one of Tropico as well um, but basically the idea is that you work your way up to be like El Presidente um, <laughs> actually El Presidente because everyone is kind of Latin in this game which is amazing um, and you basically do it by improving your town and your economy and try and become like one of the richest places in the world, either like for your people or just like capitalism type stuff. Um, <laughs> is this just a capitalism simulator? It, it basically is capital. I think you can go one of either way. I think you can become really capitalist or I think you can go a different way um, and uh, be like more like a haven essentially okay. for your people. But um yeah, it's, it's very much government simulating, but it's got <laughs> a lot of humour. The sense of humour in this game is great, so it doesn't make a really boring kind of dry game. It's just got, like, weird humour in it um, and stuff like that. And all the music is really Latin-y Sambury that's constantly playing because you're on an island, basically, and you're trying to make your island, like... You're just trying to get your island through whatever the hell is happening around the world so mm. for Tropico 5 I think I've played Tropico 4 and I can't remember what time it is set in Tropico 5 starts off as um you're you start off as like a governor um of an island set in Victorian times and then you kind okay, of have to cool. get out from being under the crown so Britain Britain's taken over as we take over everything um, and then you kind of have to guide your people through I think wars I think you go through World War 1 and World War 2 um, and just general uprisings and stuff. And basically, you've kind of got to appease your town who's made up of all these different factions. So the idea is basically just to stay in power as long as you possibly can. So as long as you're making one or two factions really happy and they kind of want you in power, you're kind of okay. Um, and just doing various tasks and stuff improves this or dislikes this. So like, you might have to build a certain building or complete a couple certain tasks and some people in your island will like it and some people won't it's that kind of thing uh and you're just kind of balancing at that but you kind of are always being advised by these advisors who are really funny um they're all like voice acted kind of lines so it kind of brings it to life a lot um and i think in this one if you go through the campaign 
you end up at like you go to ridiculous places i think you end up at basically the cold war and then nuclear war and then i think you go back in time <laughs> because you basically cause like nuclear holocaust so you go back to stop it like it's oh, weird so you're it's like a... oh shit i caused i caused like a nuclear war better yeah. go back in time better go back in time wow. and fix that um yeah so it's 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 more fun and more ridiculous than it sounds when you first like hear the subject of it which is i think why i really enjoy it because it's not these kind of games aren't super stuff that i'm into normally like i do really like construction and management things but when it comes to just like basic city builders i get a little bit bored whereas this kind of got something else there to kind of keep me interested uh and but mostly the humor um yeah. i think the early ones even had a really cool radio announcer if i remember correctly uh who was just really funny but i think you eventually like kill him off on one of the tropicos if you decide to invade stuff and all this kind of random stuff but um yeah one thing to be said for this game actually is that the ui is really nice to look at um, in these kind of games, you are, they're menu heavy, right? You're looking at a lot of menus in any kind of tycoon simulator yeah, game. Of um, and they're actually quite nice to look at in this game, which is, you know, a bonus. They're um, well present, like they're well put together. They don't ever feel very like stat heavy, even though you can go into the stats. Um, yeah, it's just nicely balanced. Um, and it's a very fun game. I don't actually have any facts for this game. I could not find... But one fact, it was very difficult. Uh, I searched and searched, um, but no fact could be found. Well, that's okay. It happens. Sometimes we're factless. Yeah. It's all right. It's better than a shit fact. You know? <laughs> yeah. No fact is always better than a shit fact. So I I never ever got into building sims. I remember like my only ever experience with a building sim was Sim City back in the day, probably when I was about 10, so... Yeah. the 2000s um, and I hated SimCity I didn't like it and I know that there's a lot of good ones lately including this one and also is it called like Skylines or something City Skylines yeah that's apparently one that's, apparently that's great I feel like I need to try it because I think I don't think it's something that I would like but actually I think if I try it I probably will yeah so I'm with you at, for SimCity the original SimCity like I was never into I found them really kind of boring and the only time I did enjoy them was when I was destroying them with like all the natural disasters and stuff that you could do um yeah I was the exact same these are this is kind of one of the only ones that's like more building related and more kind of trade things that I ever really yeah. got into I think because it leans more into uh the government stuff like I like a lot of strategy games and I think a couple of like again like we were saying my list a couple of them from that kind of creep over so I kind of get this kind of is on the border a little bit when you kind of do that. But mm. yeah, I this is one of the ones I've tried in recent years and I've really enjoyed. Again, I think, yeah, like yeah. I said, the humour in it, I think, kind of lifts it. So when you're kind of feeling like, oh, I've got to look at this other stat again, like, or making a thing, it just kind of takes it off a little bit. I feel like it's on Game Pass. Or I've seen it somewhere. So I'm mm. tempted to have a look for it and see if I can play it just to give it a go. I'm also pretty sure it's on Game Pass. So yeah, yeah try it out. I'll go have a look-see nice and probably become addicted to another simulator game because they are very addictive <laughs> yeah I think and that's they something we can establish kill hours like yeah. you will literally start playing it it'll be like morning and then you'll look up again and it'll be nighttime and you would just do not know where your day went yeah cool i guess we're on to my number three yep number three i'm sorry about this oh god i feel like this is a crossover what's coming for my number three i went for sims four ah 
Sims 4 no. is not a crossover. Sims 4? No? No. Okay. Sims 4, not a crossover. I'm so confused, but okay. okay. I went for Sims 4 just because I felt like it's more more recent a game in the series and it's one that I've played quite a lot and I'm going to play more but I haven't played it as much as of recently because I know that I need my life right now mm-hmm. or at least to be functional but Sims to me is a great game that I can just dive into when I know I've got some time so it, yeah. it was released in 2014 originally it's come a long way since then it's still having updates it's still changing it was developed by the Redwood Studios of Maxis and published by EA and yeah it's the fourth one obviously uh, it's a life simulation game so uh, one thing that we can notice with my list is that we have one thing in common, and it's all to do with life. I apparently <laughs> just love life simulation games. I mean, you love life, Nikki. That's I something to be proud of. <laughs> so, in The Sims, I mean, most people probably know this, you obviously create a Sim character and control their life. I liked that when I read the synopsis. I was like, just, just basically, for me, control... it's quite a controlling person. It's lovely. Yeah, control this thing's <laughs> life because it doesn't know what else to do that seems to be a pattern yeah but anyway you can yeah just sort of like pick their personality and obviously like pick what they want to do as a career uh and sort of help them get along in the world and and stuff i really don't have anything else to say about the sims it's really bad it's a very addictive game and i just can never really explain why yeah it's a weird one whenever you try if you try and explain the sims to someone who has no knowledge of the sims which is it which is rare because I think most people have some knowledge of The Sims, um, yeah. whether you're a gamer or not. And especially from when it's been around to now. But trying to describe it, you just kind of describe the most boring game in the world. Yeah. You're like, you've got this person, right? And you just have their life. You go to you go to work, you make them poop, you make them eat. That's about it. Yeah. Picture everything I said about creatures and then put it into like a human context. And that's basically it. <laughs> Job done. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you make them eat, you make them poop, you make them um, make whatever it is they call sex in that game. Make woohoo. woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, have babies, kill them off. And um, and do what Steph is currently doing on her stream. Yeah. That you can catch at twitch.tv forward slash Steffi Scrub. Thanks where she's doing... The Black Widow challenge combined with the 100 babies challenge. Or is it 10 babies? I don't know. I like well, saying 100 babies. It is, so it's supposed to be the 100 babies challenge in which you have 100 babies in as smaller, like less generations as possible. But I feel like because I keep the Black Widow challenge is to kill all your husbands and take their money. I feel like that's going to take me a while. So it might be 10 babies, 10 deaths. Yeah. 100 babies is a bit excessive. No. So yeah. It's but anyway, it's very entertaining and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> so you can do that if you want. If you're into that shit, you can watch the stream. It's fun and yeah, it's just there. There is a wide possibilities of what you can do in The Sims. Apparently, I really want to get a load of the expansion packs, but unfortunately, I don't have the money because they're quite expensive. Yeah, for sure. So when I was just before I did the stream and I decided like what I was just going to focus on, I was wondering whether to get a new expansion. Because um, I think I've got one of the expansions, which is like go to work, which is quite cool. You get to actually go to your Sims work with them, which is like new to Sims 4. Um, normally you just send them off and they go work and you don't see them until they come back to the house. Um, but then the, there was another one I was going to get and it was like on sale for like £17. Bearing in mind. <laughs> on sale for £17. Yeah, pounds. bearing in mind, this is an expansion to the game. This isn't the base game. 
And then they almost got me because they were like, oh, but if you buy it in a bundle, you can have this expansion plus this game pack plus this stuff pack. I have no idea what a game pack is or a stuff pack, but one of them has <laughs> wizards in it and I was sold. Uh, and one of them had like, it was a or jungle adventure one, which I feel like you would be really sold on. Um, yeah. Or pets, I think. And then there was stuff and it was like, oh, you can buy all of this for like £40. And I was sat there with it in my basket just for ages just staring at it and being like I want this I really want this and then I was just like no I don't want this I don't need these things I already bought the game I bought the game for like 20 quid I don't need to buy like 40 more pounds worth of Sims shit I remember I bought the game when it first when Sims 4 first came out yeah me too and it was a really impromptu buy for like 50 quid (laughs) Yeah, I remember man. just I, I didn't even have any money at this point in my life, but I was like, I need the Sims. I think that's something that I have. If I've got ever got spare time and I know I just want to sit and like lie in bed and do nothing for like a week, then I can play that game and the snap of the fingers, the week's gone. <laughs> yeah. I've like you know, gone through generations of one Sim family. But I've loved it and mm-hmm. it it's dangerous, I think. That's the problem. I mean it was in it was in our top five addictive games. It was it was at the top, I think, yeah. which is, you know, it, it got there justifiably, but it's also, it is a good simulator game. Yeah, definitely. The Sims, I think, is something that I always get a craving to play at least once a year. And like you said, I got a binge session where I play it too much. So the fact that I'm just playing this for streams at the moment is quite, like, this is showing some willpower, I hope mm. you understand. Um but yeah, like it's just something that comes around every so often. It's a bit like Pokemon for me. Like once a year I have a craving to play Pokemon that kind yeah. of just happens to time in when then I get new Pokemon. So The Sims is very similar. I've already planned my playing a bit because because I'm going off for work for a bit, um, safely travelling in this time. I'm going to be staying at a hotel again safely. And I know that because obviously the situation that we're in, once my work is done, I will be then confined to the hotel room which is absolutely fine um and not interacting with anyone i know that i'm gonna just make sure i get sims on the laptop downloaded and uh i think that's what i'm gonna be doing to be honest with you a very good plan and i'm gonna love it but i've got some facts for you before we wrap up nice uh and this fact is an interesting one so apparently uh in russia the sims 4 is now rated 18 plus not allowed for children wow because of the woohoo no because oh. of the game's portrayal of same-sex relationships. Oh. Yep. That's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, yeah, I, I brought it up because I think it's wrong, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, you know, that's Russia, I guess. All right, Russia, you do you. Um, and yeah, because apparently, like, it, it's banned. It's, like, breaks some kind of rule that they've got over there. But yeah, I just had no idea and it just quite yeah. shocked me. So I just thought I'd put it in. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, another fact for you, a bit more of a light-hearted fact, is that apparently in this one, if a sim is pregnant the player can influence the gender of the child. Apparently, oh, if the this. pregnant sim eats carrots or listens to alternative music on the radio, the baby is more likely to be a boy. Or if the pregnant sim eats more strawberries or listens to pop music, the baby is more likely to be a girl, which offends me. Yeah, man. Strawberries <laughs> like, and pop music. Like, I like neither are? of those things. No, give me carrots and alternative music any day. But I do really want to try this out now. Next time I, my sim is pregnant, that's it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. try some out. 
Uh, last fact is a fact that I don't particularly get because I've unfortunately not watched this yet, but I really should. But apparently when playing in the business career, you can occasionally get a reference to the comedy show The Office. You may get a decision where you're told someone in case you're safer in Jello, a reference to one of Jim's pranks on Dwight when he did the same to Dwight. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, I've never noticed that in there. I'm going to try it. And that's, uh, that's my number something there. I just think that I couldn't have not included it, so. No, that's a really good one. Um, but yeah, I did not pick The Sims 4. Cool. <laughs> so what's your pick? <laughs> so my pick for number three is neither, but kind of on the same thing. My number three is Theme Park World. Nice, nice. Um, so this is also apparently known as Theme Park 2 or Sim Theme Park in North America. Did not know it had a different name. I just know it as Theme Park World. Um, I think it's the direct sequel to Theme Park, which is why, hence, I think it's called Theme Park 2. Duh. Um, it's a construction management sim, again, released by Bullfrog and EA in 2000. Uh, so quite an old game. I remember playing this on my Windows 95 PC, I think, and a little bit of my newer, like, Windows XP machine. Um, the main, main aim of the game, if you've never played a theme park game, is to create and run a theme park surprise surprise, um, that basically makes you a lot of money and keeps your guests happy. I think Theme Park World felt like it concentrated more on keeping your guests happy. Um, and the reason I liked Theme Park World so much, I think, uh, compared to regular, the first Theme Park, was that everything felt a little bit more 3D. It was 3D. But it was like, um, I don't know, everything felt like a little bit more colourful. And you had yeah, like, it wasn't little flat. people. Yeah, you had like little people that were walking around... Um, your... I'm pretty sure this was the one where you could see through their eyes. Yeah, because you can, yeah, basically you can pick um, a particular person who's in your theme park and uh, just kind of like take over them in some way and then just like follow, they just walk you around so you can see it from like first person camera view and then if they get on a ride, you can ride that ride. So that was really cool. So if you made a roller coaster, you could then kind of sit on the roller coaster that you've made. Um, I think I did it like once or twice and then the you know novelty of that kind of wore off but it was cool like kind of seeing your roller coaster as you have designed it it was definitely yeah. like an interesting feature for this um it was also like it focused more like we said about those guests so you kind of ended up spending your money improving the park but like you made cool new rides um I think one of the areas you could unlock to build stuff was like a, a prehistoric kind of land so all the rides and stuff were dinosaur themed which i loved uh i was just really obsessed with it and it was all like jungly kind of music happening i think there was different worlds i think it was like a halloween world and something mm. else um but yeah you just kind of had to like make a new ride make food stands and then you could set your food stands to be like salty or not salty for chips if you made the chips more oh, yeah. salty, you could then charge more for your drinks because people would buy more. Like it was, you had all these Classic weird little business moves. Yeah, all these weird little businessy things you could do, uh, and then you had to hire like people to like either walk around in suits and entertain your uh, park guests, or like uh, cleaners to clean up all the vomit in case somebody puked after being on your roller coaster because you made it too crazy. Um, it was just a, I just remember really enjoying this game. Um, it was one of the only theme park games that I played, um, but I ever really got addicted to as well. It was definitely one of those mm. just kind of waste hours. So I realised that I only ever played the first one properly. Like that was the one that I 
had my kind of theme park life with but i do remember this one i think my cousin had it but she had it on playstation one and i think that was the one thing that turned me off was because i don't like those kind of games on a console really with the exception of obviously now it's a bit easier but back then i feel like these games were always designed to be on pc the way that they work the way that they function yeah i'm with I you i also didn't like this one because of the scottish ant the Scott, I love that you called him an ant because what is he? He's like an exclamation point. He's oh, like I a, thought he was an ant. Oh, I thought he was just like an exclamation point because his butt is floating. Like no one knows what he is. But yeah, I didn't remember that he was Scottish until. But I think I he's think only he Scottish, Scottish in one world. I think in the oh. dinosaur world, he's got like a little hat, adventure hat on, and he has like a um, more like. It, old man explorer voice if that makes sense it's like here we can see like one of those voices it's not that i have a thing against the scottish accent it was more that i just didn't like him oh no so. i know he was a bit like clippy in word that, I just, like i don't yeah agreed and it, i think for me it was from going from the original theme park to having like no one talk to me to then having someone like having a, a natter at me in the side of the screen i was just like whoa whoa i was trying to trying to youtube um Oh, YouTube this ant. So we don't know what he is then. I, I can't see, I can't figure it out what he, what he is. I think What's... he's an exclamation point, but he could be an ant. I don't think anyone knows. He's a bit of a weird looking exclamation point if that's what he is. Yeah, well, he's two balls. One big ball. Yeah, but he's got, an, he's got little antennas on his head. Oh, I've never seen the antennas. I thought he was always wearing a like hat. No, this is such oh. a mystery that we need to solve. Maybe I haven't looked at him properly. I think in he didn't have like good enough graphics for me to work out what he looked like. Um, Alright, I've got some info for you. Oh, okay, cool. Right, so he's called the advisor. In brackets, Buzzy. He takes the shape of an ant-like character and depending on the announcement or warning, the advisor wears different outfits such as a building hat or other shit. Um, and that's about it, really. Oh, okay, cool. So he is an ant. Yes. Oh, nice. yeah. So in the original UK version of Theme Park World, the advisor is voiced by Lewis McLeod, who gives the character a Scottish accent. However, in the US version, he was American. So obviously it's going to differ where you are to what accent you had. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did not realise he was supposed to be an ant. I, I think I always just thought he was a weird blob man. Yeah. Don't don't know the, the logic behind an ant in a theme park where there's food. but As an advisor, either. Like... But anyway, the more Who you knows. know. Um, yeah, so the only fact that I have about this game is that most of the staff that you can hire to be in your theme park world are named after people who worked on the game. Well, that's cool. So you can kind of find the developers in there, which is cool. Other than that, again, I really struggled to find facts about theme park world. I found a fact about something else, I think, like theme park world 2 or planet coaster, but I've not played those, so I was like, okay, I just won't, I just won't mention it. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, so we're on to your number two. Yeah, on to my number two, which it follows the same theme once again, which is Jurassic Park Evolution. Nice. Or is it Jurassic World Evolution? And I've just totally Jurassic World. That up. I think it's Jurassic World Evolution, but I know we, I would just go Jurassic Park. It's either one. It's, it's a business it. simulation video game developed and published by Frontier Developments, who we've spoken about already. So they are definitely in on their simulation games. Yeah. It was released in 2018 and you must basically construct a dinosaur park on Las Cinco Muertes Archipelago, which is a group of five islands, also known as the Five Deaths, obviously from the game and the book. And the game features 40 types of dinosaurs. You can make some new ones from the genes. 
the interesting about this is I remember I had a Jurassic Park game on my phone, like an app. This is before this game even came out a long time ago, where you basically build a park as well. Oh, I remember this. And you fight dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. But this is just a much more advanced version, and it's much better. Um, you kind of get these three contracts, which are basically quest points, where they're, they're called Science, Security and Entertainment. And they give you these sort of like mission markers of sort of a direction of what to do. And you can kind of fill them all out at the same time or you can go like a particular way but either way it kind of allows you to progress there's also a sandbox mode on Elon Nublar where you can um just do whatever the fuck you want uh so you can make like a giant thing where there's not even any barriers you can just, just do whatever but I just really enjoyed it I started playing it when it came out on Xbox Gold around Christmas time around December and I just got completely hooked to the point where I just could not stop playing. I was fucking addicted to this game. I had a problem, um, but I had a fantastic time. It's really well done, I think. Admittedly, it becomes stale, but then in my opinion, a lot of simulator games do become stale after a while. Once you've kind of maxed yourself out, I feel like there's always this way with me where I just go ham. I play so much, I get so addicted and then I reach a peak. And at that point I'm like, meh. Yeah. I know what you mean. You just kind of get it and then you just put it down and you just don't go back to it. No. It's your life for a while. I actually think I remember you um, when you were in this stage of playing this game because I don't think I heard from you for a while and then you suddenly like reappeared <laughs> and you were like, guys, have you played this game? Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. And I was like, oh, now I see where you've been. Yeah, it's it's just, I, I just, I fall into a, a hole. That's fair. And in this, in, in this world, it was a dinosaur hole. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it was just really entertaining. I really just enjoy being able to unlock all the different dinosaurs. I think that's it. When there's all this sort of unlocking to do, you know, I wanted a T-Rex. I wanted all these other cool dinosaurs. And, you know, making the park look really nice as well. There was a lot of nice customization options. You can go out in your little car um, and you can get, like, world view. You can go look at, close at the dinosaurs. They might kill you, but you can do that. Oh, nice. And it's just, it, yeah, it's just, I personally think it's a very good game. I posted it on Twitter, I think, when I was in the depths of my obsession. And some people were a bit like, meh, it's all right. But for me, I was like, no, it's the best. Um, but then I never played, I put it down, I never played it again. But for yeah. that time that I was playing it, I just, yeah, I had a good old time. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I've heard about it is just like anybody who, I don't know, it's just like people really enjoyed it and obviously it's like it didn't get a great reception but i know everyone who played it really enjoyed it it's just kind of one of those things where it's like okay this isn't going to break any ground like or anything like that but it's going to be fun while you're yeah it, it does its job yeah. and i have some quite funny moments from it um especially where i i made a few mistakes a few times where i um i had a couple of dinosaurs that were like herbivorous they weren't aggressive naturally and I remember there was two. I had like a couple. And I think I called one Barry. And, oh no, no, I called it Batsy. I called it Batsy. And maybe the other one was called Barry. And they were a couple and they were fine. And then I think Barry died. And that sent Batsy absolutely mad because he didn't like being on his own. But I didn't know he was going mad. I didn't know that he was obviously mourning Barry like this. And I just didn't notice. I didn't notice his little bars at the bottom saying he wasn't happy because he didn't have a, any of his species with him. Yeah. And um, Batsy, normally, you know, being quite a friendly, happy dinosaur, not not really aggressive to, to humans, smashed his way out of the enclosure. This is my first escape. 
killed like seven people and he was really hard to raid in because I didn't have like appropriate capturing devices and he just fucked up my whole park and I was oh, so mad I sent him away after that because wow. I was so upset about what Batsy had done I was like you've done this Batsy this was you this is your fault it's all your fault Batsy why have you done this so you can have some quite funny times also very yeah. stressful times some dinosaurs are just a pain in the ass. Mm. um I got quite far. I think I unlocked the Spinosaurus recently. Um, he caused some havoc for me. And then I unlocked a lot of the later levels. And then I just got to the point where I think I unlocked all the islands. I think I had access to the sandbox, but I was missing quite a lot of dinosaurs. There was a lot of grinding involved to get to like five star islands. And I just, I think at that point I was like, I can't grind anymore. But, you know, I probably sunk about 20 hours into it and loved it. So yeah um, sorry, it's 22 low i don't I honestly don't know I, I don't know how many hours i sunk into that game but i mean it yeah it's if it felt like a lot it was probably a lot and it was probably one of those things where it was like a lot at one time like in one session if you know what i mean oh, it yeah. wasn't like lots of like one hour sessions this is probably one of the reasons that the hours. game is also good is because jeff goldblum reprises his role as ian malcolm amazing <laughs> so he's talking to you at the bottom of the screen and i think uh that other lady from Jurassic World. Oh, Laura Dern? Oh, Jurassic no. World. Um, I wish Laura Dern was in it. The newest uh, one. Bryce Dallas Howard? Yes, she's in it. A few other actors are in it, but most importantly is Jeff Goldblum. So Always that's nice. He's often there to kind of make snarky comments about the fact that you shouldn't be doing this, which is true. Um, but Someone's going to be the moral compass in all yeah. of this. Some other facts I've got is that um, apparently to aid in creating the game development team closely watched the films and read Michael Crichton's novels Jurassic Park and The Lost World and looked into a lot of fan theories, which is quite cool. They, yeah, so they referred to them for cons like consistency and also they also looked into a lot of scientific discoveries, a lot of later scientific discoveries, so like obviously like recent and made sure that the dinosaurs kind of incorporated that and... And they also looked into a lot of animals. So they put a lot of effort in, which was nice. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, they often got, like, they got a paleontologist on as well to, oh, cool. uh, to give them some information. And that's why some of the dinosaurs have very colourful hides and skin. And, like, some have, like, feathers because it's, yeah, it's based yeah. off uh, We think science. they have feathers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another cool fact, actually, about the author of Jurassic Park is that one of the dinosaurs you can grow is called a Crichtonsaurus, named for Michael Crichton, oh, cool. obviously the author which is cool uh and also a nice light-hearted fact to end this pick is that when you drive a jeep in the game you can hear a mariachi song called la gaviotas which was the song that was used in the background of jurassic park in the scene where nedry meets dodgson in the san jose restaurant amazing that's really cool um, but yeah i don't it's one of those things where i think with simulator games it's not like this is the best game in the world but it's yeah. just definitely one if you want some simulation if you like dinosaurs do it yeah this is just kind of going to tick all those boxes for you. Yeah. So that's it. Nice. I like it. It's a good number two, actually. I've never played it, but it is definitely one of those ones that's been on the list for a while. Yeah. So my number two is uh, one that I guess we'll talk about quite quickly because it was The Sims 3. <laughs> <laughs> so Fair I enough. picked The Sims 3 over The Sims 4 because I think I uh, preferred it. Uh, to The Sims 4. I don't have anything wrong with The Sims 4. I am really enjoying it. But The Sims 3, I think, came into my life at a time where I needed The Sims 3 the most. 
uh, and had the most time to play it. Um, and I think I played it a lot in the house that I was living in. We all became a little bit obsessed, especially me and one of my flatmates in particular. We were just obsessed with The Sims. If one of us wasn't playing it, the other one was. And we kind of just all dreamed that one day we would have a Sims machine in which we could just have all The Sims on it. And that's all it would ever ever do and it had all the expansions and everything um so yeah well i mean nikki described the sims really well this one was again by maxis and ea but came in in 2009 um you do all the normal things that sims does so i won't go back over those um the reason i guess i love number three over number four is that the customization in number three was ridiculous the amount of options that you had was just crazy like you could uh you could just edit every single piece of material so or like paint everything so say i had a bed and i didn't like the color of the sheets i wanted to change them i could do that um and then i could pick a material and then change all the colors in that material um all the flooring like you could just change almost everything um so it just kind of meant that um you could make these houses because i think that's kind of what i'm missing a little bit from four is that i haven't really mm. tried much building in the sims 4 because i think i'm going to find it quite restrictive by and limited to what i have and yeah. the fact that i haven't bought all the stuff packs and stuff that they now sell whereas the sims 3 just had you could have like four items but make like five different versions of these items each because you could just paint them different colors or like change the stuff that they've got on them um so it was just really cool and that kind of ties into um another bit which was that they kind of had a community download section which i now think is in the game of sims itself so it hasn't totally disappeared but you kind of get lots of stuff that people had just made oh, so yeah, like people that. yeah people were just making furniture that they wanted like 3d models of stuff um and it was crazy the quality and stuff that people were producing like the people would make hair and like different kinds of eyelashes and makeup stuff and i just remember like a lot of my time before playing sims i would spend a good hour like to two hours downloading all of this stuff from like yeah. this community website that was like it was definitely linked to the sims um so it was like an official kind of link um yeah and, i like, think they were okay with it weren't they yeah i think it was like tied in with them they wanted to kind of have the community make stuff and you could like download it straight from the browser to the like launcher thing that they had and then that was it was in the game i spent so long trying to find all these things and items and you could have like loads of tiny little weird decor things everywhere it was just insane um so it was just kind of nice and one of the the cool things again to finally tie in that was um i had an expansion for like jobs and one of the two of the jobs you could get was like a stylist and an interior decorator so for the stylist you could literally get anybody in town to come into your store and then just like give them a makeover so you could do their hair and all of their clothing and stuff so if you were like oh god these people look all weird you could like get them in because you know sometimes sims Ooh, yeah. just don't pick the right stuff and they're like just a well, bit we had that conversation odd. once about one of my people that i met on the sims who i wanted to really marry and i thought he was like the most attractive sim in the game and then he went for a swim and took his hat off yes and he had like a monk haircut <laughs> Yep, exactly that. So you could have brought him in and changed everything about him and then you'd be like, yeah. right, he's now the man for me. He he can stay in my life. Um, <laughs> and then... I sound like such a... <laughs> oh, well. But we all do it. We all try and pick the most attractive sim. Yeah. We're not going to go for the weird-looking ones. I mean, that's just not... It's just, we just no. don't want the weird-looking babies either. 
Because you know they're going to come out with their weird hair. Yeah, of course. I find it so hard to pick actual, like, a Sims to to put in lists because actually they're all very good. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't even know why I picked for it. It's just one of those, it's almost like sometimes Sims just has to be a whole. Sims is not just, like, one game almost. It is kind of, it's just this crazy weird thing. But um, I'm glad that I didn't steal it. No, so, technically. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think you're right. Like, because I was doing this one and then I was thinking about the first one and I was like, oh, because I had a weird craving to try and play the first one again. Uh, just because it's a kind of one of those things where you're like, I really want to go back to the original one. But then I know the moment I start playing it, I'll be like, oh, I wish I, wish I could do this thing that I yeah. can now in, in like Sims 4. Um, so yeah, I just picked Sims 3 just because I think I spent the most time in that one. Um, like since having 4, I haven't played it very much as much as I probably have played number three um even though I am really enjoying it so I think now doing my stream is probably the time for me to get into it but um yeah yeah I, uh, I what I would say what I found about the sims for playing or trying to get back into it is is it is quite overwhelming with the amount of stuff that there is I think that's one thing that's quite nice when you look back on three and two and one and you think you kind of know what you're gonna get and it's not too intense but I think sometimes sims for it, it takes a lot to kind of understand like the fact that you've got social media now like it's all it's crazy yeah, man, like some of those options, it's just like, like I was trying to find how to, um, how to get a maid, you know, you should be always pick up the phone and order a maid to your house. And that was it. They would do all your cleaning and you could afford that. And I could not find it on The Sims 4. I'm like, does this not exist anymore? Do I always have to do the cleaning? I was like, that can't be true. So um, privileged. I know. It's like the most third person, like third world problem ever. But you know what? <laughs> What's my I maid mean, at? I don't have a maid. But in The Sims, I want to live out that maid fantasy. It's your only chance okay? to get a maid. Exactly. Don't take that away from us. I'm never going to have one. I have to do all the cleaning myself. I'm not going to do the cleaning in The Sims. Um, but yeah. So actually, one of the cool facts kind of thing, it's not really a fact, um, but this was the first one in the series that let you walk around the town. It was the first one they opened up the whole yeah. town so you could literally just walk to somebody's house or walk into town. You could just go everywhere, which was really cool, rather than just being in one single household the whole time um my other fact sorry were you gonna say something no no i was just breathing (laughs) (laughs) i thought i interrupted you uh my other fact is that it has number three has sold over 10 million copies making it one of the best-selling pc games of all time which is insane um and my final favorite fact is that into the into the future expansion which i think i have um, there is a pre-made house called the formerly the Plains Express household, and the members are uh, Frederick Rama, Lilia Tooley, and Plumbot named Benno. Oh, and this is a that. reference to Futurama, uh, Planet Express yes. with Fry, Lila, and Bender. Amazing. So it was very cool. Um, yeah, awesome. and that's all my facts. But yeah, we've I think we've definitely covered The Sims now in this simulation thing. Yeah. But I think we had to, right? Definitely. Of course. I think it's one of the best-selling ones and it's one of the biggest ones, so why not? Yeah. So we're on to my number one, but we're going to do something different, aren't we, now? Yeah, I, I felt like maybe we're going to try and mix it up. If you don't like this, please let us know. But um, I think we're going to do some honourable mentions just to build the suspense for our number ones. So, yes. Nikki, what are your honourable mentions? My first one I mention is Rollercoaster Tycoon, mm-hmm. the original, probably, because that's the one I played when I was younger. I only nice. have nostalgic love for it. Don't really remember it that well, but I remember I had a lot of fun. Um, I remember it being a really good game, and I enjoyed making the parks and shit. My second one is 
I actually wrote Goat Simulator, but I misspelled it as Ghost Simulator, and now I have so <laughs> many thoughts and ideas about a Ghost Simulator. I want Ghost. Sorry, I want Can Ghost you make Simulator. This, yes, make I'm this I'm Ghost Simulator. I'm on Good. it. Um, Ghost Simulator is a funny game. It's really silly, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, my two weird honorable mentions, which I don't know if they're simulator games, which is a game that I enjoyed when I got when I was like nine or ten, which is Babies. Is that a baby simulator? I don't know. Maybe they're the same people as Cats and Dogs. Right, yeah. They made babies did you ever play it no but i remember there being a babies <laughs> yeah i think it's a baby simulator i think you can let yeah, that go i think that's fine me and my life simulators and loving you know virtual things i quite enjoyed having weird virtual babies now a bit weird but back then it was fine as a child because it's just like a doll so don't judge me another my last pick is a one of the first ever pets and cats dogs game the precursor to them was a game called oddballs which is made by the same people, which was basically, instead of having pets and cats and dogs and babies, you had these weird mutant beings. (laughs) Which was one of the first PC games, I think, for like Windows 95 or or something that was released. It was really... I remember I had it on a disc that came with it, so it was was quite um, revolutionary, I think, almost. Um, So I just wanted to mention Oddballs. That was it, really. Nice. What are yours? Um, so mine are, so on this, I'm just going to jump straight in with a similar theme here and go with one of my really weird ones was a game called like 3D Pets um, PC Pup. And it was terrible. I think it's like one of the worst games ever in a list of those kind of things. But it was like, you just looked after this dog. I'm going to say it was a simulator because it was like. Oh, it was. That looks like simulator. it was in like a weird offshoot of, of like the pets games yes like, definitely almost like a bad it was it was just a bad version, version of dog <laughs> um but i loved it as a kid i was just obsessed with it um that dog looked like it like it wants to die <laughs> <laughs> so also the fun thing about that is i had another one called like 3d pets and there was an alien and i can't remember what the alien one was called but it was like alien something or something alien and i just again like it just looks so weird and like it wants to die and you never know what you're doing like it's one of those games where you feel like you should do be able to do more than you can but you can mostly just feed it and like clean up it after it at you and that's it it just yells at you or runs <laughs> up to the thing and that was it it's, for me i guess it was as close as i was gonna get to a dog at that age so hey yeah that's why i went with um some other ones i did have uh creatures in here um i have uh Spore, uh, which is another yes. Maxis game, which is one of the games I put in my own mentions just because I love that game up until the point where your creature stops becoming a creature and starts becoming human, and then I don't like playing it anymore. I never got to that point, and I'm glad. Yeah, don't. The moment you kind of graduate to being in a tribe, just stop playing. Uh, it's not okay. worth it. Um, and then another game, last one, called Rimworld, which is a uh, like more recent um, simulator Rimworld? game. Rimworld? Yeah, Rimworld does not... Um, quite sound like it does it's a <laughs> questionable name <laughs> i've just realized how terrible the word like rim world kind of sounds it's like it's a sci-fi colony sim so you basically are setting up a colony of um people kind of inspired by like dwarf fortress and those kind of things but it's quite dark um and quite funny like you can make uh people into hats when they die there's lots of weird things like that it's but it's a good I imagine it would be with game. a with a name like Ringworld. <laughs> Ringworld. Good old Ringworld. But yeah, those are my, those are my honourable mentions. Okay, cool. Cool. So now... I hope that built can... the suspension. I'm glad. I mean, now we can move on to our number ones. I feel like I now think... we need a drop for a number one. 
I know. We do actually. We Maybe I'll make that. I don't know what you're going to have as your number one. I'm a bit scared. But I don't think it's going to be my number one. And I don't think you're going to have my number one either. So. My number one mm-hmm. is a game that I've just recently started playing. That I think you might know that I was going to say this. Which is Two Point Hospital. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. That's not a crossover, is it? No, it's not a crossover. I have not played Two Point Hospital, but I did suspect that it was going to be somewhere on your list. Yes. I've just recently started playing it on Game Pass. I'm so glad that I can finally play it. Um, It was released in 2018. It's a business simulation game developed by Two Point Studios and published by Sega. So it is a spiritual successor to Bullfrog Productions' 1997 game Theme Hospital, which I have spoken about a lot, and I think I've mentioned it in my previous top five list for PC games of the 90s. It follows the same kind of pattern. You're tasked with constructing and operating in a hospital. In this world, it is the fictional county of Two Point County um, <laughs> with the goal of curing patients of fictitious comical ailments. And it was designed and developed by some of the creators of the hospital, including Mark Webley and Gary Carr. So it does seem like a lot of them like, were just, you know, basically. It's all, it's almost like the hospital too, basically, I think. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it's just that, yeah, like you said, it's just the best successor to that game. Similar to Theme Hospital, it does feature, as I mentioned, like comical conditions. In this one, they have things like lightheadedness, where you basically have a light bulb for a head. Pandemic, where you have a pan on your head. Mock style, which is one of my favourites, which is the patients look like Freddie Mercury impersonators. Amazing. And I haven't seen this one yet, but Animal Magnetism, where you have animals stuck to the patient's body. And it sort of goes as Theme Hospital did. If you've never played that, you basically got to run this hospital, cure all the patients, not kill people, get past the inspections, and just, yeah, run a damn good hospital. Yeah, man. But there are differences from the other one. So there is more, like, customization. You have a really nice thing now where you can pick, like, different coloured, like, chairs for the waiting room, and you can, like, paint the walls of the different rooms. There's training rooms for staff, so you can, like, each staff, like, has different qualifications, so, like, some psychiatrists, um, obviously, well, also psychiatrists can only work in, like, certain rooms, and it's just, like, there's a lot more in-depth side to it than before. Yeah. It's, it's kind of everything I wanted, though. It is literally just the same game, but improved in today's world, like, mm-hmm. and as I said, that's just, I don't know if people didn't like that, but it was just, I loved it. Yeah. I still am loving it. I'm still playing it. I haven't given up on this one yet. I haven't peaked. <laughs> I haven't gone through the, uh, yeah, the date of no return there. But yeah, to be fair, all the people, so I never played uh, a theme hospital. What? I, I don't remember hearing this. Did I block this out of my mind? I think you must have. I played, a, no, I have played it since being okay. younger, but I never played it when I was younger. And I, therefore, I don't have the same attachment to it. So for me, when trying to get into it, I've never quite gotten there with it. Um, but I have a feeling that if when I start playing this one, Two Point Hospital, I will get really into it because it's literally, it's, I knew, I think if I'd had, you know, Theme Hospital as a kid, I would have loved it. It mm. sounds perfect and sounds kind of directly those kind of things that I would have enjoyed. I think I just didn't have it. So therefore I kind of lose out on yeah. that nostalgia factor, I, I think a little bit. I think this one would allow you to experience it in the modern day because obviously now you play Mythic Impossible and it is a bit dated. Like, I do love it and I could probably still play it if I really wanted to, but now it's almost like I don't need to. And mm-hmm. I don't feel bad because it is by the makers of the other one. And so, you know, I think sometimes you maybe feel bad if you're playing like a knockoff of something. But in this time, yeah. I, you know, I, it's almost like a really lovely ode 
to the original. They even have like the receptionist who in the other one was quite snarky and would make sort of funny remarks. And so they've got like a receptionist back. I don't think it's the same one. They've also got radio DJs now, which say really funny things. Um, quite it's quite good like humor to it and and yeah it's it's um it's very good as I said it's one of those games where you kind of want to play it if you just don't really want to think too much and you kind of just want to design some stuff and just kind of have a bit of a chill out yeah it's it's just classic business simulation I think nice and yeah I guess I don't really have much more to say other than that otherwise I just think it does its job really well yeah. I've got some facts one of my facts is about the creation of it which is um Webley and Carr who I mentioned uh were you know worked on theme hospital before basically the creators they left bullfrog and they at this point they decided that they they did want to create something similar they attempted to make something called er tycoon which was um planned during car's time at mucky foot productions can't say i know what that is but they couldn't find a publisher and after they postponed their ambition of continuing the title which was 20 years by the way man so 20 it's years later postponing. they then founded two point hospital two point studio sorry which created two point hospital in 2016 to follow up on theme hospital so yeah they literally waited like 20 years so they were just like on it they loved they obviously loved it which is fair enough because so do i and uh they didn't give up on their dreams so nice you know they keep going forget... yeah <laughs> Uh, I've got another fact, which is one that I like a lot, cool. which is the title of the game itself apparently doubles as a shout out to Twin Peaks, which I don't think you've ever watched Twin Peaks, but it's one of my favourite TV shows. Uh, I haven't, but I, yeah, I know of it. Yeah. They just make references at the beginning of the game. Um, the characters like are the same characters from, from Twin Peaks. And this, the fact that there's two mountains in the logo uh, is definitely like apparently a confirmation that that's nice. the thing. Which is nice. And also, apparently, a special free play weekend introduced patients coming in with head crabs from the Half Life series, which I thought was cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Another one that I enjoyed was that I've got a lot of facts, by the way. Another one I enjoyed was that the staff character names include Longbottom, Lovecraft, Amazing. Dynamite, Killmister, McBoatface, Gamgee, and Tobias Funkel, which the last one is obviously a reference to Tobias um, Funk in Arrested Development. That's amazing. So it has like it has the cool um, references there, which is awesome. And yeah. also, there's an illness. There was a lot of new illnesses. A lot of them were funny, but this one in particular, I haven't seen yet, but I found it hilarious. And so I'm gonna tell you. Nice. It's the illness called Emperor Complex, which is uh, a complex where the patients stroll around stark naked, <laughs> believing themselves to be clothed. They also have a tendency to do, as the game's art director put it, everything you wouldn't want a naked person to do in front of you. So, like, they stretch, <laughs> bend over, and everything like that. Uh, once they're cured, they leave uh, pretty sharply. But I just thought it was funny. I think that's what I like about Theme Hospital. It's always been, and Two Point Hospital, it's always been very, like, dark humour. Yeah. And uh, we talk about it in 90s PC games, and I think we go into a lot of the dark, dark things. The dark things, there yeah. Well. Cool. well, it could be a very dark like depressing game really like you could go that route with it really easily but like you're right it wouldn't make the same kind of thing without making like ridiculous Mm. illnesses like giant heads and and that kind of thing yeah but no it's uh i'm still enjoying it now i think it's everything i wanted and more nice that's very cool leads on to your number one it does lead on to my number one um my number one is black and white two ah i should have expected this Yeah. yeah This is one of my favourite games. Um, 
but I didn't get to talk about it in a PC game from the 90s because it was released in 2005. Um, it was originally created by uh, Lionhead Studios, who also did uh, things like Fable, and is a god simulation game. Basically, you play as a god that's like summoned to life to help some villagers. From here, you kind of have to find your own moral compass. It's very similar to Fable in the fact that you either play as a good god or you can play as an evil god. Um, the the main gameplay tends to be very city builder-esque, especially if you play good, you have to kind of take care of your villagers and uh, build them up. So when you're good, you have to do a good job of making your cities look really cool, really wonderful, like build loads of things and stuff, making really impressive cities. Um, because that's how you attract new people to your city and like make your influence bigger and therefore you're basically conquering like areas of, of your map. And you can either do that by that way, or you can do it the evil way, which is to have an army, which is different from the first game. In the first game, it was quite difficult to be evil. You kind of had to sub sabotage yourself and smash stuff and make it really difficult. Whereas this one, it's kind of like to be evil, you have to take care of your armies and send them out to kind of capture areas and feed them all the grain and stuff. So your villagers kind of work to make your army better and they get kind of miserable, but you don't really care. Um, yeah. So there's lots of that kind of stuff in it. But I think the main reason I really enjoy it, um, again, is a little bit of humor in it, but you get a big creature. So we're talking about all the time how we like looking after a creature. And in this game, you get a giant creature who is like lives in your town with your people on the earth, but he can be like, he's a giant, uh, giant thing. So he can either be an ape, a lion, a wolf or a cow. And I think also there's a, an expansion bit that you could have got that made him into a tiger. Um, I was a turtle. You can, I think the turtle was like in the original one or the, the I can't remember if you can get mm. it in that one. Um, I think my favorite one, I always pick the cow because he just looked hilarious. <laughs> like swanning around um and these uh creatures would change their look depending on how evil or how good you got so like the really good cow ended up having like lots of flowers on him and really sparkled and was really cute but i think you can make a really evil cow who like his horns grew kind of like curly and he was went like black and had red eyes and all this kind of stuff so he got quite evil looking um i just i don't know what it is about this game it's uh fairly simple it's definitely a game i think that if you're not a huge strategy or city builder you can get into and i think that's what i quite enjoy about this game i find general city builders a bit too complex in terms of like i have to look at trading and stats and stuff like this a lot of the time you know what i mean like you just get mm. kind of warped into that stuff whereas this game doesn't have a lot of that it's just a little bit of resource management um which you can kind of help yourself out and just like chuck trees into your store and that kind of thing when you're running a bit low. Other than that, it's just about making a really cool looking city most of the time. Yeah. Um, so it's quite relaxing in that sense. Um, and you have these little conscience people that float around you that tell you kind of how to do, it can be a little bit handhelding in some respects, but these guys are quite cool. Like you get a little kind of God looking guy who's your like good conscience oh, yeah, and you that. get this little devil creature who yeah. wants you to be bad all the time and you just kind of have them talking to you the whole time um yeah i don't know what it is about this game i you don't really get god simulators very much anymore um so i've been always trying to find my next version of black and white 2 and i've just mm. yet to find it um i think the closest thing i've managed to find has been things like from dust but 
again, I think just the humour and some of the fun elements and the nice city building just isn't there from it. So um, this will yeah. always just be one of my favourite favorite simulations. I realise as well, actually, this, this does actually tie in from my pick to yours because um, the producer from Tupan Hospital and Theme Hospital uh, went on to work on Black and White. Oh, amazing. It's because they, yeah, because he moved over. So I yeah. thought that was just quite interesting. But no, I wanted to mention uh, my experience with this game, actually, because I, it's well, this is always one of these games for me. I remember you, you liked it and you were one of the first people that I'd ever like, spoken to that had like played this game because it was one that I played at a very young age. And I remember it was one that I found on my brother's computer and didn't know what the hell was going on. And when it's a game that you don't know what you're getting in for, it's quite a weird one to just see. Yeah. And I, it's one of those games that I almost have a dreamlike memory of. Mm-hmm. And I just picture it, and I just picture a giant orangutan yep. <laughs> towering over small villagers, clunkily walking around. That's all I remember. Yeah. I had a great old time, but it was a it was a very surreal experience. I can imagine that actually. Yeah, it's a it is a weird one. Um, I like that in this game as well. You've just kind of spurred the memory of like you can basically your hand and you can like just pick up your villagers and move them places yeah, and that's kind of how it's very nice either. no nobody ever was the first thing you do the moment you learn you can pick up a villager is you try and throw them and you can yeah. throw them out to sea and it's really funny um you then kill them but yeah you know yeah. it's fun uh it's fun just bowling with villagers and things like this um there's also like bits in the game where you meet like they the villagers and things talk to you and i always remember there was this one bit where some guy is like i don't believe in you god like so you can't harm me right (laughs) so he's taunting you he's like i don't believe you You can't harm me and you can't pick him up because he doesn't believe in you so you can't like pick him up and launch him but what you can do is pick up a giant rock and crush his house (gasps) in front of him and he's like oh my god i can't believe you've done this like you can either be kind of nice and (laughs) do you believe in me now bitch yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you can be nice i think you can prove that you're existing another way and then he'll follow you or yeah you can just smash his house with a rock and i think i always smash <laughs> his house with a rock uh but yeah there's lots of these little funny stupid things and like um that like the reason you can pick them up is because you uh you put people down where you want them to do jobs so if you want them to be a farmer you pick them up and you put them in the field and then it says disciple farmer you've made a farmer you could do this around but you can make just things called disciple breeders um which is like if you pick up one villager of one sex and put them next to the village of the other sex and they become a disciple breeder which basically means they just start popping out babies all the time so you kind of see them like flirting with another villager and then you see them like kiss and then walk hand in hand to their little hut and then that's it. And then you're like, now you have someone who's pregnant. You see someone walking around looking really pregnant for a while. And then suddenly they'll like drop to the floor and then just babies will pop out of them. And that's how you get babies in this game. But yeah, just that's there's intense. like weird, weird, funny things that happen with all these weird people in this game. Very strange, but a good game all in yeah. all from what I remember. Yeah, definitely. I do really enjoy it. It's um, it's a good fun. I... I want to play it again now, but uh, I've got a disc version. I don't have a disc drive anymore on like any of my machines. Can you get it on GOG? I probably could try and find it on GOG. GOG is my saviour. Uh, one fact I have is that uh, when somebody dies during gameplay, uh, a voice will whisper death. So anytime you kill a villager by launching them into the sea, you'll hear a voice line that kind of says like, death, in like a whispery kind of voice. Oh. Apparently when this happens, the game will start data mining for the player's name. 
or whatever name is used in the profile. So say okay. I put my name Steph as my profile name because you write your name in the profile, right? Okay. In the game, it sees what that is. And if it has a recorded line for that name, it will occasionally play that name instead of saying death. So you'll hear it whisper like, Nikki. That's terrifying. Game, right? It would give me nightmares if I ever experienced that as a child and I, like, that happened. Yeah, I never heard it because apparently like Steph is not a name we ever have in anything for some reason. Um, but yeah, like I never knew it did this until I looked at this today. And now I'm like, and someone played like a clip and it was really creepy. I'm traumatised. I was thinking about playing that game again. I'm not going to play anymore. I mean, make sure you just pick a weird name. <laughs> Maybe just don't kill villagers, I guess, probably. Yeah, don't launch them into the sea. Yeah. Yeah, good pick. But yeah, that's my number one. And that is our list. Yes. And it's mad now we don't have any honorable mentions at the end, but I quite like it because it's like, we're done. That's it. That's the end of the list. Yeah. We can all go home. We know that there now needs to be a ghost simulator. I've Googled it and I've made sure that there isn't actually something which is a ghost simulator. So we can Not make really. this and make all our fortune. Yeah. There nice. is something that is called ghost simulator, which in my opinion does not look like a, what I wanted out of a goat simulator. So a goat, ghost, ah. Um, so I think <laughs> that we're, we're good to, to make that. Yeah. We've gone through lots of simulator games. I think we've covered the best. I mean, tell us if we're wrong. To be fair, actually, we haven't covered some of the ones that people have said are really good, but that's just because we haven't played them. So yeah, don't come at us. Definitely. Like things like um, Euro Truck Simulator and stuff like that. I know there is a big following for. I've just never played them because I've no real desire to be a truck man, but I'm sure they're entertaining. Yeah, to be fair, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like, I haven't got around to it, I haven't got around to it. But if you want to suggest us any, like we'll maybe try some out. If you think that we'll like him. We obviously know the style of simulator I like. I think we understand what Steph likes. Steph likes to be, uh, she likes to control her Oh yeah, towns. I'm quite benevolent. Yeah. And you like creatures. Yes, so anything creature related or anything, you know, God domineering. Um, <laughs> Dictatorship. Communistic, yeah, exactly. You throw them Steph at me. Steph loves it. Yeah, so no, I've had fun. It's been good. I feel like I'm going to go play some now. Yeah, I might amazing. go back to my creatures. I might go back to to Bub and um, the other one, which I've named. I've forgotten. The other Bub. <laughs> no, it was it was oh, it was Bub and Bilbo. If they're Bob not and dead Bilbo. already. Nice. Yeah, if they haven't died from their eight hour lifespan, you might be yeah. alright. Oh, I'm sad. Nice. Yeah. Well, that covers everything on our list. Um, if you want to hear more about us, where can they go, Nikki, for their one stop shop? GameTalk5.com, yeah. our new website. Um, we both stream uh, quite regularly now. Um, so yeah. if you want to see Nikki, you can see her at what? Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Elite Cat. Uh, or you can see me at the same thing, but slash Sefi Scrub. Um, and we enjoy having people there. So come talk to us and have some yeah. fun. It's all good fun. All right, then. Good night or good afternoon or good morning, wherever you Whenever, are. <laughs> when, what day it is, what year it is. <gasps> good day to you, sir. <laughs> Fuck up already. Weirdest end ever. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs>